0: Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, we pray that you would speak today, and that your words will be heard, and that our hearts will be soft to receive, and that we might be forever changed because we encountered you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. We talked a little bit about tradition as we started, and, and some of you have traditions in your home, things that are tied to, to some holidays, tied to Christmas, tied to birthdays, things that you always do and you, you look forward to doing each and every year. Those traditions can be really good things. They create memories, things that kind of linger with you, things that you look forward to, things that you anticipate, but traditions aren't always good, are they? Sometimes traditions can be like chains that weigh you down. And when it comes to the life of a church, some of you have been in church pretty much all your life. As long as you can remember, you've been in churches. Others of you, to you, church is kind of a new thing. But if you've been in church for a while, you know that even churches have traditions. And traditions aren't always bad, but they aren't always good. Sometimes traditions can be things that weigh you down and hold you back. But sometimes traditions can be like rungs on a ladder that help you move up to even higher places and that tie you back with the past. Well, today, when you look up here at this table, you recognize that this, for us, is a tradition. It's not a tradition that a human being made up sometime. They say, hey, wouldn't it be neat if we had a snack in the middle of our worship service? It's a tradition that was given to us by Jesus. And it is absolutely packed, squeezed with, with meaning. It's not something that we want you to, to see as something that's just routine. And so when we celebrate Lord's Supper together, one of the things that we try to do is we try to, we try to point the service to that. To try to help us to remember its significance in our lives And so today when we celebrate it, that's why I wanted to start the service by asking you really to do that that checkup of your heart, that checkup of your relationships, to, to look around and say, hey, listen, is there anything that before I come to this table that I need to get resolved with God or get resolved with someone else? This tradition that we celebrate this morning is one of the most beautiful, memorable, stirring, traditions that a church can have every aspect of this table has meaning and when we remember that jesus gave it to us it gives it even greater meaning this morning if you have your bibles i invite you to open to first corinthians chapter 11 i want you to hear the words of paul as he wrote about this this table and about what we are uh, preparing our hearts to receive today He writes, beginning in verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord, but I also passed on to you a tradition, something that's passed on. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and he gave thanks, broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he, took, he also took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Like most traditions the Lord's Supper looks backward. It has an anchor in history. And when Jesus sat down with his disciples in that upper room and they shared together in this meal, it also had an anchor in history. A tie to something significant in the past. Now for them, it was the Passover. As they gathered there and they began to celebrate that meal together, the reason that they came together and the reason that families today come together and celebrate Passover was to remember. What were they remembering? They were remembering God's deliverance of his people, his children, the children of Israel, remembering their deliverance from slavery and captivity in Egypt. Every aspect of that meal had meaning. None of it was just, hey, let's, let's do this for fun. It all had meaning. But the overall significance of the meal was that they remembered that there was a night that God said, take a lamb and slaughter it and take the blood from that lamb and put it over the doorposts of your house. And when the angel of death passes over, when he goes street to street in Egypt he won't stop at your house the firstborn in your house will be spared the angel of death passed over and and so each time Jewish families gather to celebrate Passover they're remembering this deliverance they're remembering this passover this angel of death spared them that the firstborn in their home did not have to die for their sin and that god rescued them god saved them and and when they came to the passover and they looked at the bread in the passover unleavened it reminded them of the haste with which they were to leave egypt there was no time to to mix the bread and add the yeast and wait for it to rise and then cook it no you were to leave in a hurry you were to leave as as if you were any moment you were going to take off tuck tuck your robe into your belt that's what you did when you were getting ready to to run that's what you did when you were getting ready to work To get that robe away from your feet. To allow you freedom of movement. Tug it it into your belt. And that was the way they were to eat it. They were to remember the, the haste with which this meal would be prepared. And the haste with which they would leave. Their deliverance was at hand. And when they took the cup and they looked at that red wine in that cup. It would remind them of that lamb's blood that was now on their doorway that was there in order to save the life of the firstborn of every home. And so when Jesus gathered with his disciples, they were sharing in a meal like a meal that they'd shared so many times before. A meal where they ate and they drank and they remembered God's deliverance. And yet this night was different. just in a few hours something was going to happen that would absolutely rock their world and to be honest rock the world that would change the way they thought about life that would change the way they thought about God that would change the way that they thought about salvation as being something that was simply back there in the past we had a God who acted in the past a God who did something in the past this would be different And so Jesus took those things that were so familiar. The bread and the cup. And he put in them new meaning. The meaning that you and I come to celebrate today. This is my body. This is my blood. Eat. Drink. Remember. Now for the disciples, that would probably be a little bit confusing for them. <laughs> They'd celebrated the Passover with their families. Many of them had led the Passover in their own home. They knew how it was supposed to go, and this wasn't how it was supposed to go. Jesus, what, what are you talking about here? What do you mean that's your body? That's not in the program. That's not in the script. It's not the way my daddy taught it to him and his daddy taught it to him. That's not part of our tradition. This blood's my blood. Blood of the new covenant. What's that about? That's not how we remember it. That's not how we've done it all these years. They had remembered, as they gathered in that upper room, how God had acted in the past. But Jesus, Jesus was about to show them how God would act in the future. They had remembered how God had delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage in Egypt. But they would soon learn how God would deliver all his children from bondage to sin and death and hell. This is my body. Well, they would see his body. They would see his body bruised and bloodied. They would see his body. His head pierced with a crown of thorns, his back shredded from a lash, his hands and his feet pierced with nails his side thrust through with a spear and what Jesus wanted them to remember when they saw that was this and what Jesus wants us to remember when we take this bread in our hands was this This. remember I wasn't a ghost I wasn't a legend I was God in the flesh God in a body and I suffered I bled for your redemption this is my blood They would see blood pouring down from his face, caked on his shredded back, running from his hands and his feet and his side. They would see blood. And Jesus was saying, hey, listen, when you see that, remember. Remember what I told you. This is the blood of a new covenant. Most Bible scholars, there are four cups that are part that are filled. Uh, the cup is filled four times during the Passover meal. The third cup is the cup of redemption. Most Bible scholars believe that's, that is the precise point in the supper that Jesus, on this cup, the cup of redemption, that he said, This is the blood, my blood. Of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. No, when they left that room singing a hymn, they didn't understand. They had no clue what it was that Jesus was talking about until the cross. And it's then that they understood. And it's that which we remember. When we eat the bread and when we drink from the cup, we do look backward. We, we, we look backward to the cross. We look backward to the sacrifice. We do look backward. But, you know, for us, we always, we, we off, we always often look forward. And Jesus told us to look forward. Do You remember what he said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. How long? until he comes you proclaim the lord's death until he comes in other words this is not just something that's anchored back there in history somewhere this is not just something that's relegated to the history books there's something more there's something beyond even this it's not simply that jesus bled and died for our sins for our redemption it is not simply that it's not simply that christ has died Christ is risen Christ is alive it is a present reality I what did he say I am with you always I'm with you always right here no matter what you're going through no matter what you're experiencing no matter what's happening in your life no matter how much turmoil is going on around you Jesus says listen I'm not just back there somewhere with you i'm with you but we also look forward because jesus made a promise i will come again i'll come again and i'll take you with me so that you can be where i am what a beautiful picture we have And when we come to this table, this is not just to remember a point in time in history. Yes, remember that. But remember that he's here now. Not simply a God of the history books, but the great I am. God is eternally in the present tense. And he is eternally present. And he's a God who said, I'm coming back for you. Listen, I know what you're going through right now, and I'm right there with you in the midst of it. But you need to know I'm coming back. I'm coming back to get you. I didn't abandon you. I'm not leaving you isolated. And even, listen, even if death overtakes you, don't worry about it. I've got that covered too, because I defeated death. I defeated hell. And I opened a way to life forever. We come to this table to look backward to remember all that Jesus has done, His suffering, His sacrifice, the cross, all for our redemption. We come to this table and we acknowledge right now in the moment that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. The tomb is empty. Jesus rose. He's alive forevermore. And He opened the way for us to live, not just in heaven, but to live now. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, overflowing abundantly. That's what he's come, to give us life now. Some people are waiting, oh, you know, okay, I'll get life. when I I understand, I'll get heaven. When I die, I'll go up there and I'll get, you know, don't miss this. He wants you to live now. He wants you to have life now. He wants you to have joy now. He wants you to have hope now. He wants you to have peace now. And we come to this table, I hope. Oh, if I could get you to do one thing, is to recognize that we come to this table with anticipation for the return of our Savior. This table is important for what it represents in the past, but it's also a promise. A promise that Jesus gave us. You eat this, you drink this until I come back. Until my father turns to me and he says, Okay, son, now go get my children. The Bible says that the sky is going to be peeled back like a peeling of an orange, like when you un- opened a scroll up and just pushed it aside. The trumpet's going to sound. And the whole world's going to hear. They don't need CNN. They don't need Fox News. They don't need MSNBC. Listen, when God does it, He does it right. And every eye and every ear will see and hear. Here comes the victorious King. And He's come for us. Oh, and we come to this table, folks. Do you come with anticipation? Do you come with that beautiful prayer tucked in the back of the book of Revelation? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I want to see your face. I want to see the sky peel back. I want to see you coming in the clouds with all the glory and with myriads and hosts of angels. I want to see you coming. And I'm ready to go to be home with you whenever that time comes. In a few moments, we're going to eat and we're going to drink. And we're going to remember the cross. We're going to remember the suffering. We're going to remember the blood poured out in the body, beaten, bruised, and crucified. We're going to remember that. But when we come to this table, I hope that you'll also remember that He's here now. He's here right now. He's, he's as alive now as he's ever been. No, you can't see him. You can't touch him. You can't do, uh, you know, just reach over and, and, and put your hand in the, in the wound. You can't do that now. No. But it's no less real. He's no less here. And when we eat and drink, we have that anticipation. Now here, Listen. Some of you are ready for this. Some of you are. You've walked with Jesus for years. You've spent time reflecting on this great sacrifice. You've closed your eyes and you've pictured what it must have been like to be among the crowd. When they shouted, crucify Crucify. There are times you can almost hear those spikes being driven into His hands and feet. Jesus crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For some of you, this is very, very real. For some of you, you know that Christ is here and he lives in you and that you have life not just life in heaven but life right now in him some of you you pray that prayer come Lord Jesus but some of you are scared to death that it might be today Let's be honest. In a room this size, even if it isn't a church building, there's some of you who know that if Jesus came back today, that he might not take you with him. You don't have that confidence. Your prayer is not, come Lord Jesus. Your prayer is, hey, could you wait a while? Here's what I don't want you thinking. I don't want you thinking, hey, wait a while until I get my life straightened out. Wait a while until I clean myself up a little bit. Wait a while until I change my life. Wait a while till I turn over a new leaf. Because it's not about that at all. Do you know why Jesus is coming back for me and coming back for you? It has absolutely nothing to do with how good I was this morning or yesterday or the day before. Nothing. The Bible says it is by grace that you're saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by works. Not by anything you do. So that no one in this room and no one on earth can boast that they've done it. That they deserve to get in. I don't deserve to get in. I don't deserve to this grace and mercy that God has shown to me, I didn't deserve the cross. It's a gift. Many of you have received that gift. You've made it yours. You have absolute and total confidence because of who Jesus is and what Jesus did on your behalf that you are His forever. But Some of you sitting out here may not know that. I beg you, don't leave this room without knowing it. Don't leave this place without receiving the gift of God that is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. This can be the most significant day of your life. This day could change Not only your life, but change your eternity. You go, how do I do that? It's actually not all that hard if you are sincere and honest. And you recognize that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. And you come to God and you say, God, I've sinned. I don't deserve your love, but you love me anyway. Today I want to turn away from that. I want to leave that behind, and I want to find a new life following your son, Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again, and I believe he's coming back for his children. And Lord, would you make me one of yours? Would you receive me through Jesus? And listen, if you're willing to go to God with a prayer like that and you're honest about it, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. And He's ready for you today. I want to pray for you right now. If if that's you and you know who I'm talking about, Don't look around. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I want to pray for you this morning. Father God, I come in the name of Jesus. The name above every name. The name your word says at one time every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord to your glory. Lord, I come to pray for those right now who do not have the assurance of salvation, who do not know that they are yours who have, don't have that hope of eternity. Who really aren't looking forward to you coming back at all. Lord, I pray for them that somehow the wall built up around their heart. Somehow the calloused and crusty shell around their heart, Lord, today would just crumble. And they would be convicted by the power of your Holy Spirit. That they are sinners and they are separated with you. But there is hope in Jesus. And somehow today you might draw them, Lord, to yourself. Not drag them. But call them. Lord, may they hear your voice say, My child, I love you. I loved you enough to send Jesus to die for and I've got a gift it's life would you take it would you make it yours because my child when you make that gift of my son yours then you become mine And Lord, if there's even one here today who needs to do that, I pray that absolutely nothing could stand in their way of embracing your son as Savior and following him as Lord of their lives. Lord, I ask you to do what my words can't do, but your word can do. I ask you, Lord, that they not be persuaded by anything I've said but by the conviction of your Holy Spirit that this is true. Lord, if there's someone here this morning who needs to be able to celebrate this Lord's Supper in a new and different way as your child, then Lord, I pray that you will make it happen in Jesus' name. Lord, if there are those who just need to come in brokenness and kneel before you and get some stuff out of the way before they come to this table I pray this morning they'll do that Lord it's time for us to do business with you it's time of decision the moment is upon us and it'll soon pass but Lord we're not going to let it pass without responding to your grace